Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, my guest today is Gianni Gator. Gianni is the founder and leader of the Life Church Austria movement uh, with his wife, Angela. Gianni's passion is to encourage people to dream big and to think of the seemingly impossible, then to take steps uh, towards implementing it, whether that's church planting nationally or internationally or in the field of business, education and politics. Gianni, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. Chris, it's my pleasure to be with you and to spend some time with you talking about this very important stuff that is very strong in my heart anyhow also thank you amazing amazing well um i'd love to like to get started i'd love to hear about your story so how how you started life church um yeah would tell me that story to kind of run me through from from start to to date in a you know maybe a short potted history uh how did you start life church well, uh, let me start by saying uh, my accent would probably uh, tell that I'm not, uh, you know, probably uh, British or English speaking, uh, you know, uh, person originally, but uh, I come from the south of Italy and I am married to a British lady. <laughs> and so my kids are born in Austria and my mom is French. Uh, so it kind of we are kind of very European, and my <laughs> son-in-law is from Iran, uh, Iran, and uh, so we—that's the background. But uh, I basically studied theology in England, uh, south of London, and uh, that's where I met Angela. She was also studying there, and um, uh, I'm saying this because it's important in the spirit of a pioneer person. Uh, Angela came to uh, the Bible school uh, with a call to go to Austria. She was a, as a teenager in Austria, and she got really a strong feeling she should go back. She gave up everything. Her career in England um, was uh, accepted from the Assemblies of God in England as a missionary candidate. They asked her to do a theological training. That's why she was uh, in this Bible school where I was. And uh, when, when we uh, were aware we had feeling for each other, when the, 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 you know, the subject was like, uh, could we imagine spending life together? She basically, Angela said to me, look, there is only a future for us if uh, you go to Austria, because there is only Angela and Austria or no Angela, really. And uh, so this is really part of the spirit that is, was in Angela, but is in us as a couple, this uh, pioneer spirit, whatever it takes. And then it's a longer story. But then I realized actually through Angela, God was calling me to also go to Austria because I was plan, uh, I had plans to go back to Italy and work there in the Christian TV stations and stuff. But then that's how we came then uh, to decide to come to Austria. And then basically we were accepted as missionary candidates to go to Austria. We did then move to Austria about 35 years ago. And uh, as we came, we did not think we were what we, who we are today. We thought we were gonna go to Austria to help other people. Uh, if I can say we were like number two, you know, we were uh, supporters of people who were starting church. In fact, we moved into a town where there was already a missionary planting a church. 
And we thought we're going to spend our life there, you know, like supporting them. I am a musician or I was even more in those days. Uh, I with music, worship, Angela with other ministry of help and stuff. But then it, came, it became evident to us that uh, we should actually go somewhere in Austria and try and, and plant a church where there was no church. We found ourselves in a nation where there was so little. You know, when we came, there was about 2,000 born-again believers. This were, uh, this was sources of uh, uh, missionary research, you know, research in Europe, and they were saying in Austria is one, was one of the neediest nation, nations in Europe. So really, you could choose, pick and choose wherever you wanted to go. Uh, there was many places with no church. So first of all, we moved into a play, to a town where we spent most of our time learning German. And then we moved into another town when there was no church at all, about 40,000 people living there. And we started basically in our apartment, not knowing anyone uh, really from, from zero. There was, there, there was no church transfer growth and stuff. So we really had to do it by leading one person to the next, uh, 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 you know, step by step, one person after another. And that's what happened, you know, really. And um uh, we um, we had connection with other believers in Austria who really came alongside us, and uh, we started planting, you know, the first church. But I remember when uh, our first child was born. We have Angela and I have three children, grown up now. Um, the question was for Angela whether she should not go back to England to give birth, you know, to be where friends and relatives and family is, because where we were living. Uh, we knew no one yet. And so, and God spoke to her and said, if you are in or stay in Austria and give birth, natural birth, with that, there will be spiritual birth. And it was exactly at that time where Angela was still in the hospital. I went to a larger town in Austria to help somebody else to church plant. And I was doing worship. And uh, there I met a young lady who was from the town where we were living in Leoben. And she was living in this other place in Graz. And then uh, she asked me what we were doing, and she was praying for a church in Leoben where her mom and dad live. And to cut a long story short, she introduced us to her parents. They became the first believers of our church. And we baptized her, this young lady, who was a, a Catholic charismatic believer, but did not know much about water baptism. We baptized her in our bathtub. And, uh, and then she introduced us to her mom and dad. We started a little... Uh, a little life group in our apartment on the eighth floor of a high-rise block. And uh, that's really, um, in short, uh, our story, how we then came to Austria. And one thing led to another, as we were in Leoben, which is kind of a town in the right in the center of Austria. As we were there, uh, a group of um, people in the south of Austria who were... Um, uh, gathering regularly, it was a fruit of the uh, Christian Businessmen Association that was working there. And there was this little group that prayed together every week, and they wanted to really become a local church. So they got in touch with me, and they said, Johnny, could you come and help us to, to transition from a prayer group to become a, a church? So I agreed to that. So I used to almost every week travel from Leoben, two and a half hours drive to Klagenfurt, and I started basically planting two churches at the same time, one in Leoben and then one in Klagenfurt, raised a young man to become the leader there. 
And this led to one thing led to another. And then as we were there, there was a baker um, who had a few, you know, a chain uh, of baker shops in that area in the south of Austria. He became a believer and joined the group in Klagenfurt. But he was from another town, not far. And he kept on saying, when do we start a church in my town? And so basically he, he, pers he persisted and prayed. And one day Andrew and I felt, it's the time now to start there. And so um, then it became evident to us that there is a pattern there. We Not only we were called to plant one church, but actually to plant more than one church. And as, as we went along, we discovered really what we were here for. But just maybe it's for encouragement to somebody. At the beginning, we didn't see the whole picture. We were available. But then God unpacked us, unpacked the calling he had for our lives. And we discovered as we went along. And so that's why then we became church planter, but we didn't go to Austria thinking we're gonna church plant in the whole of the nation. We we saw ourselves as uh, helpers really. It's amazing when you, you know, you think you go to somewhere with one idea and then God's obviously got a completely different idea of what, you know, your job is to do. And, yeah. and, and even the, the thought of, just you know going and starting work in a different culture how how long did it take you to adjust and adapt to that culture obviously you weren't you didn't speak any german as you said and angela's english didn't speak uh, much german how, yeah. how how was that was that was there a culture shock what was that like well the first culture shock i got when i came to england as a southern italian <laughs> i must say <laughs> so i was uh, I, I was already in training in 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 being in different cultures then married somebody who was not from the same culture as where I came from. And although it's all Europe, but uh, it's amazing how many differences there are. So uh, going to Austria for me uh, was, uh, the language was uh, a big thing because for both of us, Angela and myself, you know, I grew up with French and Italian. I learned English, but still German was a whole different ball game for me and for Angela also. So it was, uh, it was the language was very challenging at the beginning um you know when even when i started preaching i did it with a translation i preached in english and somebody translated me but uh, we spent a lot of time learning the language because we did not we did not see ourselves as missionaries who one day will go back home for us austria was home and um you know we really wanted to invest in austrians and we wanted to become as much Austrians as possible, uh, and uh, and so we really we really took a dive into everything. I remember we used to compare uh, things between with Austria and England, Austria and Italy, and stuff. And one day we felt really God said to us, "Stop comparing, just get on with the job." Uh, and uh, that's what we did. We really took a dive into the Austrian culture, but it's something that you really have to uh, persistently you know um go after yeah that's right um what are the differences between what um, between maybe the italian culture and the austrian culture i know you you know you you border each other but i'm guessing there's a difference in culture what what were those what you know how do austrians do things differently from italians yeah for example an italian would start something just do it uh and an austrian would think how to do it is well organized do we have everything it takes 
may there be any problem doing it? All of that comes first here. And uh, while Italian would say, no, no, we start and then we find out uh, what we need. We, we make our mistakes, doesn't matter. We will uh, deal with the stuff as we go. An example, you know, uh, maybe Italians would be people who tell you what they think much quicker than an Austrian would keep it to himself or to herself. You discover in the time uh, what uh, what happened or the, what, uh, you know, what people thought and stuff. And you really need to work very hard to find out what is in people. And Italians seem to be more explosive, you know. Uh, you might have an argument very quickly and next day is forgotten and as if nothing happened, you know, like it's a bit like the weather in Italy. You know, we have also thunderstorms, but they last about half an hour and <laughs> half an hour later there is sunshine. And, uh, and it's, <laughs> and so, for example, one of the things uh, it's, um, is this, um, and I guess temperament also, um, but maybe I, I can add something to this. Uh, as I was uh, thinking about it a few years ago, I was I was praying and talking to God, and I was saying, Lord, why did you get an Italian? Why did you get an English, a young lady from Cornwall? You know, she was from a farming context. She never left, really. She didn't have a passport, my wife, when uh, when uh, when she went to Bible school and went to Austria. She had to get a passport. So she, we were both from very unlikely people to be here. And then I, I remember what, how God said to me, Gianni, I, I needed one who is an Italian. I needed one, like somebody like, like Angela. I needed you. It's not just the job that is important, but also you doing the job. Because the whole package is not going church plant in Austria, but I want it to be done in a way that reflects also partially your culture. For example, uh, food and eating together and being together for an Italian is very important. Now in Austria, that's not a, that's not so important. Let's let's get to the point. Let's do the meeting. Let's do that and let's work hard. And which is also very 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 good. But there is not that kind of hey, let's do life together. I invite you to my house and stuff, you know. And uh, and so um, life church as it is now is very very influenced by the way I am as a person, very relational because I am a relational person. Italians are relational, you know, uh, it, like in general. And uh, and so that's what, you know, eating together, spending time together, you know, um, when I have leaders in my home, we eat, there is food, there, there is no, we sit around the table with our laptop and we work. There is that also. But we are more relational, and this comes out of who I am. And I believe that in really we a part of what we do is who we are. And so I am a musician, and the Life Church movement is very musical. We produce a lot of music. We produced, we wrote a lot of worship songs for the German-speaking world, and uh, we attract this kind of. People, but it comes. Many things come out of who I am and who we are as a couple. I think that's really fascinating because I think that's right that we, you know the senior leader is so important in terms of replicating the culture of a church, and yeah. it's it's got to be something that is if you know if you can't live it out, then you can never expect anyone else to yes. to live it out. And so I think that, that you're right. It, it, like God telling you to kind of 
create, you know, to do things and bring yourself to it. And I think yeah. that's really interesting as well when you think about uh, target market. I was talking to you just before we we, we click record that we, I'm doing some work with target market things, and you know we're trying to reach a group of people essentially. And and you can extrapolate that. You know, we we've got that in the in your context where it's an Italian going to Austria, but you could have it in a, in a town. You know, where your culture you've grown up with, maybe you're called to a different culture within your own town. And you've got to understand that culture, which I think you've spent a lot of time, you know, trying to understand it. But there's also part of it where who you are is going to yes. be bring things because not every culture has got everything. You know, it's not a perfect culture. There's no such thing as a perfect culture. And, That's right. And yeah. what you bring to it will bring something new. Maybe something of the kingdom. Something you know. There's something of of that that you'll bring. Like like your your Italianness brought something. Yeah. To, it's brought something to, to Austria. Yes. Uh, and and it's actually enriched it, and it's actually shaped how you are as a church. Yes. How, how did the, a good question to think about it is how did Austrians take to that? You know, you got um, you know, they're maybe they're used to kind of like like you said planning, and you're a bit more spontaneous. How did they take to that? Did that take a while for that to kind of feel normal? Um, I must say that I had to, you know, it was like if we were two opposites, I had to come some other way. And people who work with me had to come some other way because I realized that uh, I had to also change in some approaches. I was very impulsive. And I realized that if I want to work with teams and I work with multiple teams, I needed to have a pace and a way to, to work that could accommodate other people joining. I'm not changing totally the way people are, but going a little bit uh, and so, um, so I would be much more reflected. I would reflect more. I would think a little bit more. I would think more in lo lo longevity of a vision of a project. Is it sustainable and stuff like that? So I, I also um, learned a lot of stuff and changed in many ways. Now, now I'm planting a church in Italy and I'm realizing how, how sometimes I get irritated by some uh, uh, pure impulsiveness and uh, and and lack of um, lack of uh, thinking things through a little bit more before you know we actually go ahead with it. And so it was like a, a bo both both things. But um, uh, you know, I realized that in Austria, many people liked like the way I am. They like you know that's why many go to Italy on holiday because they said that's so cool the culture. But <clears throat> Uh, and they they just needed somebody to say, hey guys, we really need to we need to change that. We need to become way more. We need to open our privacy, our private homes to other people. Invite people to your home uh, and uh, open yourself up. And so uh, people have to learn because really talking about culture, I soon realized uh, a few years after we came to Austria that God was not looking uh, to. Uh, a, a culture. Um, he would, didn't want just to influence the Austrian culture to make it a little bit more adaptable to the kingdom, but actually he wanted me to start the kingdom culture, which is not Italian, is not British, is not American, but is the culture where God feels at home. Uh, I remember when I when I came to England at the beginning from an Italian culture, southern Italian culture. I had real struggle to adapt to the culture, to the food culture, to the way to do things. And, 
And I remember one day I was in the chapel at the Bible school and I said, God, I, I just, I'm struggling here. I want to do these two years as fast as I can. I, you know, and I just keep low, my head down, my head low and, 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 and then get, get, get it done with, you know, because I was struggling and, uh, um, and, and I just didn't feel, feel I could be myself. You know, my jokes were misunderstood and, and uh, actually, I, I just didn't feel well. I remember years after when I was in, in Austria then as a missionary and, um, uh, and I was praying a lot about thinking about church, how can church become something that is powerful? And, uh, and in the middle of this thinking, God said to me, uh, reminded me of how I felt when I was in England. And then he said to me these words, which I was shocked, really was really, it was not an audible voice, but it was so strong. It came out of nowhere. And he said, Johnny, that's how I feel in your church. I thought, what? He said, yeah, that's how I feel in your church. And he, I, I heard these words, your church. And I, that began a process in me where I realized that we need to have a culture in which God feels at home. And whatever it is that Austrians need to change, we need to change. Whatever it is Italians need to change, we need to change it because God cannot be God in a context in which, for example, in Austria, when you bring a visionary project, the reaction is usually, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, God doesn't think see what happens. Uh, God says, no, when I say something, it's going to happen. You know, you don't have the attitude. Let's see what happens. No, no. You put faith into it and you believe it's going to work. The faith-filled and positive. Uh, now, that's not Austrian. That's, you know, uh, many other things I realized. God said, you, you need to change that. Now, we have a, a, a culture in Austria also of uh, complaining. The Viennese people complain a lot. And God, I, was, I realized God doesn't feel at home in a complaining culture. <laughs> you know, Israel died in the desert because they complained all the time. And, uh, and I realized, oh, man, we have to change. We have to change into a culture in which God feels alone. And then it became really my main focus to find out through the word of God, what is God's culture? How, what is the culture where if, for example, children in Italy um, are viewed as something that is part of society. Children, babies, children are not uh, something you put to bed at seven o'clock. They are part of the family. They are viewed as important. The noise they make is, is not just tolerated, but is actually seen as a, something normal. Now in Austria, oh, children, they, they should be there, but not be heard. Uh, you know, they are a result because the parents are here. That's why the children are here. And God showed to me, Johnny, I, I don't like this culture in my house. The children are just small members, but they are not less members. They need to be spoken to, greeted. Uh, they need to be have the space to move. You know, like Jesus said, let the children come to me, don't hinder them. And I realized the culture we have in Austria, we hinder children by always telling them to be quiet and to put them away and stuff. So obviously I know children, go, babies or small children go to bed early in the evening and stuff. But what I'm trying to say, I realized there was a culture there that is not, let's bring an Italian culture in Austria, but it was like, how does God feel about next generation? You know, do we just have a kid's church to get them out of the way so that the grown up can do something? Or are they 
as much part of the church in our mentality and we welcome them, we welcome their noise, you know. Uh, and, and so this is an example that, that where, where actually I realized the question is not how can we adapt, but the question is what culture we, do we need to have where God feels at home? And I then obviously yeah. I realized that where God feels at home, people feel at home is a, is a direct result. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the price of one coffee per month. So it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.